This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm Eric Smith, and welcome to Taiwan Talk. John Eastwood is a partner at the Taipei-based Iger Law, a firm that deals with cases related to intellectual property law. I recently visited Attorney Eastwood for an interesting conversation on copyright law and piracy in the digital age. You've been on ICRT several times uh, talking on different topics, but today we've got you uh, speaking about your specialty, which is intellectual property law. That's right. We do a ton of that over here. Okay. Um, Before I ask you a few other questions, I just want to do something real quick. Happy birthday to you. Now, 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 John, do I owe some company $6 billion for just singing that song on the air to you? No, that's ludicrous. I mean, what happens is that... Because uh, that- you know that there's this urban myth going around, right? That happy birthday is copyrighted. Well, it, it, it was copyright protected, I mean, in a sense, but, you know, that... Okay, here's what happens is you have Time Warner. Um, I understand that they're supposedly the current, quote-unquote, owners of the song. Um, but if you look at pretty much every single aspect of, the, of the, the history of that song, when it was written, the sisters that wrote it, when it was first published, the very shoddy paperwork surrounding the supposed transfers of the copyright rights and the registrations of those copyright rights. And what you get down to is, is um, and this is not just me, this is academics, other people that have looked at this, is that Time Warner's claim... Um, and sorry to any Time Warner listeners out there, but it is a sham. It's bogus. Bogus. Okay. So no, uh, but is it true that they don't play the song in movies because they're afraid of being sued? Yes. Um, restaurants. You go into a restaurant and they have their proprietary happy birthday song because they're scared of, and, and a lot of people will even pay Time Warner. I, apparently they make about $2 million a year. You know, just because people are scared, taking yeah, <laughs> taking out of the pockets of people that are too scared to argue or don't have the time and energy to argue. And what it comes down to is that's why when you go into a restaurant and they're like, "Happy, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday, happy, <laughs> happy you know. birthday to you, you, you." <laughs> yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, because they because they don't dare because of this whole thing, and it's a sham. I tell you, it's a okay, sham. Okay, so the little note that I just sang there: if uh, I get a, a letter from Time Warner, I'm expecting you to represent me for free. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do it pro bono. I, <laughs> Okay, well, intellectual property is a fascinating topic. Taiwan used to be a center for piracy. I mean, we used to be the, you know, right up there with uh, with China and lots of other places. But Taiwan has made some very big strides, has it not? Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, the thing is that Taiwan's no longer the, um, you know, the, the, it was at that time the optical media capital of the world, which means CDs, DVDs, and uh, CD-ROMs were all being produced in mass quantities here. They were being um, recorded here in massive quantities, and that's one of the reasons why uh, Taiwan was, was, you know, had a bad reputation for a while. Um, but there's, there's been a huge improvement, and actually there's a lot of, um, there, there's, there's clients across a wide variety of industries that have seen improvements in certain areas with regards to trademarks, copyrights, and you know, the, the only difficulty is patents, probably. Do you think that that's a change in the psychology of Taiwanese people themselves, that they're starting to understand and respect the idea of intellectual property, or is it law enforcement that has brought about these changes? A little bit was law enforcement. The other part is the change of technologies, because what used to be put out on discs, and you could actually say, oh, that's a, that was done by Taiwanese, has now moved away from physical products over to the internet. Mm. So P2P is actually the new battleground for pirated, copyrighted goods. Obviously, yeah. And uh, 
P2P, or for those who are not familiar with the term, peer-to-peer sites, basically what they are is a host site where anybody can upload something and then anybody can download from there as a torrent in some way. Well, it's, it's a little trickier than that because what you have is it's almost more like a dating service because what it actually does is the, well, if, if you upload and then you download, there's a higher level of culpability. So those um, file sharing sites that did that got into real trouble where it's a l- bit more difficult to take action you know, is a situation where you have a site that basically serves as a matchmaker for pieces. And the nature of BitTorrent is such that you may actually be getting little tiny bits and pieces of the file from several different right, people. Right, right. So to download an entire album, you may actually getting, be getting little tiny snippets of, of songs which get assembled um, via you know, a dozen people. So the person who uploaded originally that song or movie or something, they are the biggest criminal in all of this? Well, you know what it is is it's they're all kind of I mean, they're all kind of equa equiculpable. I mean, it's okay. like you know the thing is this is that there's artists that do stuff, and if and not everybody is a rich rock star. The vast number of hardworking musicians who you know who find that they're they're, they're I mean they're they're struggling to put their kids through school. Thanks for tuning in. Join me tomorrow for more with Iger Law's John Eastwood reporting for ICRT's Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith, and today I'm back with attorney John Eastwood, a partner at the Taipei-based Iger Law Firm. Mr. Eastwood is an expert in intellectual property law, and as you might imagine, he's no fan of digital piracy. One of the things that always bothered me about the old days when you had to buy a CD if you wanted to hear you know, that song you like. Right. You were buying one song, and there might be like 12 songs of filler. You hated, right. Right, and now you go to iTunes, you go to places. If you want to buy one song, you can buy one song. So you're song. saying there's no excuse for piracy? There's not. You know, actually, if you want to get a sample of someone's album, um, go to YouTube, go listen to them, go to the artist's website, listen to them. The website, the artist's website probably has a way for you Almost to buy always, the CD. Yeah. Oh, they have a way for you to sample and listen yeah. to stuff. Um, they'll have streaming content. You don't have to steal it. And if you steal it, I mean, and I, you know, because I know that I'm not going to control everybody's behavior out there. If you steal it and you like it, go back and pay for it. Uh-huh. That's actually a really good suggestion because there are a lot of people who download illegally but uh, if you like it, go pay for it. Go see the artist. Go buy the albums for real. I actually pay for everything that's on my iPod because I think that is being that's personally important as part of my integrity. Uh huh. Um, in Taiwan, and you're the expert on this. How how much are you breaking the law by illegally downloading an album? And what would be the penalty if you were to be caught? And how easy is it to be caught? Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is... Free legal advice here for uh, <laughs> listeners, yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of my work deals with a lot of software, uh, software downloading, and there the penalties are heavier because these people are actually using it for commercial purposes. Uh, why haven't the record companies or the labels uh, dropped their prices much more significantly? Well, I mean, they do have expenses, you know. I mean, and, and, okay, like one aspect of that is that the popular artists pay for the less popular artists. And, and they have flops. Um, I want to talk for a second about a recent proposed copyright act in Taiwan. Now, the authorities here are trying to further find ways to cut down on illegal downloading and piracy. And one idea that they had was to erect kind of like a firewall 
for the internet so that certain sites would be blocked. That was met with a lot of resistance from a lot of people in Taiwan, and I don't think uh, in the end the proposal made it very far in the committee. How do you feel about that act, and what should Taiwan or any other country do to to try to stem this problem? You got this multinational nature to piracy now, which is the P2P sites involve uh, people that may be in multiple countries who have essentially back on their computers available um, these little tiny pieces of a song or of an album that will ma- kind of basically migrate over once you choose to download through them through a P2P site. So I think what happens is this, is that um, I think we all know that there are some websites that P2P websites, uh, Pirate Bay, etc., that are predominantly and pretty exclusively I mean, maybe somebody would put an academic paper on there just for, you know, uh, giggles. 99% is illegal stuff. Right. So yeah. in that situation, then, then you know, okay, so this site is basically, um, it's just looting a lot of money out of um, but then away you from get artists. In, then you get into the issue of... of Mainland China, like yeah, the, the, the great internet firewall. Right, right, right. You like, start uh, telling me where I can and cannot go on the internet, and I get, I get worried. No, I don't think... I can actually state for a fact, you know, nobody who's talking about these P2P sites that deal in... Uh, that are 99.9.99999% pirated stuff um, that they actually want to see um, censorship. They're not, cens- they're not into censorship because actually like the music industry has, has always been a voice at the forefront um, sticking it to the man. Um, you know, it's always had its middle finger up towards authority. It has always, you know, raised controversial issues. It always has, you know. So if, if, um, if that was really the goal... I um, mean that they, then the music industry would absolutely not be in, in favor. Of it. What it is is that you know, hey, look, you know, uh, it would be as if you went to a store, bricks and mortar store that was just filled top to bottom with counterfeit uh, medicine or counterfeit clothing or counterfeit bags or whatever, and you go to it, and you point to it, and say, look, like their entire business model, their thing, is all about pirating my stuff. This is not about free speech. This is not about, you know, this is not a news website. This is not YouTube. You know, this is not a place that acts responsibly about listing. So when it comes down to it, you are in favor of going ahead and allowing the Taiwan government to block certain websites that they deem to be pirate centers. Yeah, because here's the thing. A crime is being done, and in the end, you have the downloader and the people uploading, and you have the matchmaker, basically all... All three. Aiding and abetting yeah. each other in the process of cheating some musician of the few pennies necessary in order to put food on their table. So you are firmly on the record as uh, in support of uh, restrictions. I think a well-reasoned, um, ad- objectively set-up scheme to look at major pirate websites and to close off access to them is important is valid and you know you know what the the people who are really determined to kind of like trick their way through the internet i mean they will do it but you know it makes it a little more difficult for people to uh, download a bunch of this stuff i'm eric smith and thanks for listening to icrt's taiwan talk all of our episodes can be found on itunes or the icrt website